0: I'm Danny Kaye and I'm speaking to you live and wet from Epcot Center. This is the realization of Walt Disney's dream to create a permanent showcase of technology and world culture. It's a living monument to past achievements and a testament to the hopes of the future. Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we say happy birthday to Epcot and celebrate Epcot's 40th birthday. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com Disney Decipher while you receive bonus content. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent get started by emailing Joseph Chung at travelmation.net if you have any questions for the podcast email us disney deciphered at gmail.com tweet at us at ww deciphered on twitter or find us on facebook and instagram disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show I'm Joe from As Joe Flies.
1: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
0: And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie and I have had a very busy fall and uh, we've been forgetting things. And one thing we forgot, Leslie, was the 40th birthday over the hill, as they say, of our favorite park, Epcot. So please uh, remind the listeners what we forgot. When did Epcot open?
1: Epcot opened on October 1st, 1982. So I was three years old, and you're younger than I am. So maybe two for you. Yes, born in
0: 1980. So yes, two years old exactly. Well, actually, I wasn't two yet because December baby.
1: Youngin. All right. Well, it was during our lifetime. So that dates us as Over the Hill as well. But yes, a grand time in all of its 1980s fabulous Epcot debuted.
0: Yes. So uh, we have said many times on this podcast that Epcot is our favorite park. So in honor of the 40th anniversary, we are going to take a little look back at Epcot today. Uh, We're each going to share three things about Epcot that we miss, and then two memories that we have at Epcot, and then uh, we're going to look forward to one thing each about what's coming to epcot before we get to that we wanted to start by thanking our newest patron michaela a thank you so much for your support we really appreciate it we love our patrons as much as we love epcot so thank you so much all of you who support us and you can check us out on patreon.com slash deciphered if you're interested in doing that and hearing about leslie's upcoming trip to alani in real time if she remembers to do it you'll remember
1: i will remember I promise. Yes. I did a really good job last time. So last one, trip. <laughs> Her
0: Disneyland report was wonderful. Yes. And so thank you again so much to all of our patrons. So what did Disney do on Epcot 40th? They mainly, from what I saw, and again, Leslie and I have been so busy, we did not get to track this as much as we would have liked, but there were some new merchandise that there were gigantic lines for. And I think the biggest and best thing that disney seemed to do for epcot 40th was beacons of light which is you know the light shows that light up spaceship earth they had a trip down memory lane for epcot beacons of light show which was really cool and i know that people got very emotional about it on october 1st itself they're still doing it as of when we are recording right now. But on October 1st, there were a lot of Epcot fans there just watching. And uh, of course, you know, Disney had just had the Hurricane Ian come through the week before. But I guess Epcot was ready for October 1st for that Beacons of Light celebration, which looked pretty cool. I don't know if you got to check it out.
1: No, I didn't. But uh, definitely on the next YouTube break I have, I'm gonna go give it a watch.
0: Yeah, as we mentioned, we're over the hill. So we don't watch YouTube as much as... uh... (laughs) some of the younger people that might be (laughs) listening to this but uh yeah and we definitely didn't catch the tiktok summary uh we guarantee you that we are not we're not hipping with it right leslie Mm,
1: no 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 all
0: right so let's get to three attractions that we miss leslie uh do you want to kick us off what do you got for us or it's not just attractions but three things about epcot that no longer are there that we miss so what do you have for us leslie
1: All right, well, the first thing that I really miss looms quite large in my childhood, and that is the ride, Body Wars. Two, one. Hold on, everybody. (laughs) Control, is is Bravo 229. (laughs) We're under the skin, everything looks fine. Roger, folks, directly in front of us is a group of white blood cells on their way to destroy the splinter. It was in the Wonders of Life pavilion, and it essentially is Star Tours, but instead of going into a galaxy uh, far, far away, you go into the human body and the sort of premise is you're going to rescue a scientist who's gone in to look at the white blood cells um, attacking a splinter in <laughs> your skin. And things, of course, go awry and you end up through all different parts of the body. And I mean, I remember when that ride debuted. That's sort of one of my earliest memories. I believe it was in 1989 So I guess that would have been about 10. And I remember sort of hearing about it being released. This is my first ride where I was like aware of Disney news and coming attractions. And I really, really wanted to ride it on our next trip. And um, that was definitely one that we stood in line far, far too long (laughs) for in retrospect. But, you know, a little bit of thrill ride, a little bit of science geekiness. I mean, hits me right where it matters for my geeky past self. What do you think, Joe?
0: Past self, what are you talking about? Okay, past and present, past and true. Present. Uh, yes, you stole Body Wars from me, which I'll never forgive you. Um, but yeah, I really love Body Wars as well. Uh, it did finally close on January 1st, 2007. Sadly, what I remember for Body Wars, I mean, two things like, whenever I get a splinter, still to this day, I remind myself, don't worry, my body's taking care of it so that's the first thing about body wars that i think about and then the second thing is as you were talking actually i don't remember this but as you were talking it reminded me there's that scene where you are in the heart like in the ventricles of the heart And that was always like very thrilling and fun for me. And, you know, if you can imagine what Star Tours was like, imagine what you're like during the beating rhythm of the heart, you know, with the pauses and stuff like that. And that was always really awesome on Body War. So really appreciated that attraction and the the Wonders of Life Pavilion in general.
1: Yeah, definitely. We would spend a lot of time in there. I remember on our family vacations, we'd often go with cousins and extended family and we'd you know, let the grandkids all run around in Rome and explore the different learning ex- exhibits of that pavilion. It was great. It was a win-win. My, my grandfather, who took us on some of these vacations, was a pediatrician. So totally right up our family's alley.
0: Yeah, you know, while I was taking a trip down memory lane and looking back at Epcot in the past, I did realize that I feel like even though we love it and the nerds in us love it, I just don't know if the Wonders of Life Pavilion could still play uh, for kids these days. I mean, like, we were joking about YouTube and TikTok before, but kids' attention spans are just so much shorter. I just don't know if that is something that would still appeal to kids. And I I hate to say that, but I, I just feel like this is the reality that we live in now.
1: Yeah, yikes. It probably is. I mean, although there were lots of little things that were kind of play areas, like you might find at a children's museum, so maybe some kids would still be able to enjoy. I hope yeah. so.
0: Yeah, and I bring this up because I do feel like the Wonders of Life Pavilion, even though it kind of closed before a lot of other things, is actually, it would have been more timeless than, say, Ellen's Energy Adventure or Universe of Energy or uh, you know, Horizons, which is, is my first thing that I'm gonna put on my list. Horizons 1 is now departing. Our final destination today, the 21st century. Hey, that's some destination. My wife's right. Wait till you see the new towns of tomorrow. Desert farms and floating cities, even colonies in space. So Horizons was an attraction. Um, The theme of the attraction was, if you can dream it, you can do it. It was just taking a look into the future and I watched a ride through of it. There are still just some memories I have of the attraction, really great animatronics. And you know, you visit a a look at agriculture in the future. You visit a sea base, you go into outer space. um, And I really enjoy the attraction, but it is super long. It's like, over 15 minutes long it's it almost reminded me of another spaceship earth and it has very carousel of progress vibes in all the good and bad ways it's a look into the future but it's kind of like we live in the future now you know it is it at the beginning of the ride they're like oh let's take a trip to the 21st century well leslie we are 20 (laughs) percent I can't I don't like saying this, but we are twenty percent through the twenty first century already and uh life does not look like that. It's not as bad as the VR goggles on the grandma uh in Carousel of Progress. But uh even though it is a ride an attraction that I miss, um I did as I was watching it, you know, I was like, it just couldn't be there anymore. Even even if it was updated, it's just too slow. Like the attraction I mean, people don't even like sitting through spaceship earth, they kind of just do. But, um, you know, it'd be really tough to have a lot of people sit through Horizons these days. And that is with full understanding that it's not like Mission Space is that great of a replacement, which is what's there now.
1: Yeah. I barely remember Horizons. I have, you know, glimpses of it. I need to go watch the ride through video and, and I'm sure a lot of it will come flooding back to me. It's very, (laughs)
0: it's very grainy. I promise you.
1: I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. So that's just one that doesn't stand out in my mind, I guess. Definitely another one to go put on the YouTube list.
0: Yeah, so at the very end, you get to choose, and similar to what they ended up doing with Spaceship Earth, now you kind of get to choose which path you take back to society or whatever. I think you're, I think they're actual time machines. I can't remember exactly. Don't kill us, people who know their Epcot history better than us. Um, and I do remember riding the attraction multiple times to try the different paths. So really did enjoy that attraction. Miss it, but. Like the Wonders of Life Pavilion and other pavilions, I just kind of understand how it cannot exist in 2022 and justify um, its existence. You know, for the Disney fans, it's great. But for the new Disney fans, I just don't think it'll work out. Um, And what I was saying before I started talking about Horizons is I do think Wonders of Life Pavilion, ironically, is probably the pavilion that is the most timeless. Because, you know, Spaceship Earth, of course, the big joke is the pinnacle of technology is like the first Apple computer. So, you know, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, like we're living in tomorrow. And I think that's why Epcot has had some identity crises uh, over the last couple of decades or so
1: yeah that's totally fair and in that same vein I guess my my next pick is indeed the universe of energy also known as Ellen's energy adventure later in its run I mean there were things about the the world of energy that were developing so rapidly like everything in technology that it was hard to fully keep it up to date But just to refresh folks' recollection, the Universe of Energy opened with Epcot in 82 and lasted all the way until January of 96, at which point it needed a little update to make it hip for the mid-90s. And how do you do that? You bring in Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye, the Science Guy. So that is the refresh that was added, the different pre-show and some changes along the way. Um, and that eventually closed in um, 2017. So it had quite a long run. And you know, like a lot of these Epcot attractions of old, it was a very long ride. I can't remember. I think start to finish with all the pre-shows, it could have been as long as like. Maybe forty-five minutes, yeah, but it was, long. <laughs> it was really long. Yeah. But I mean, the thing that I loved about it as a kid—I mean, there were dinosaurs in it, animatronic dinosaurs, and so that's cool. But at
0: the very beginning, so <laughs> get it out of the way early. There if you I recall go. Correctly.
1: Oh, I thought it was—I oh, can't even remember the, the or oh, maybe it wasn't exactly. Exactly, I thought it was after the. Um, Vehicles st- start moving. So somewhere in the middle, I don't know. I don't remember all of the the play-by-play. But in any event, it was also a great place to take an afternoon nap. And I think a lot of people, <laughs> probably given the length of the attraction and the fact that you often would ride it like early, mid-afternoon, after lunch, because the lines were never that long. It was a people eater. You know, you'd be tired and you'd finally get into some air conditioning and yeah, nap time. I was learning, <laughs> I guess too, but I was also napping.
0: So you are correct, 45 minutes, and we are, I'm sort of correct, apparently, after the first, you know, what you would do is you'd be sitting in these big cars, and you you kind of would just, it was it was like a moving movie theater almost, you would kind of go from film to film. After the first film, that's when you go through what they called the primeval diorama, and that's where the dinosaurs were. And those animatronics were really cool. I mean, for little Joe Chung, that was the highlight of Universe of Energy back in the day.
1: For sure. I wonder if they raid those dinosaurs for parts for uh, Animal Kingdom now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I, what happens to the old animatronics? You know, it's it's sad. Hopefully, they don't have consciousness like they do in Toy Story <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, before this gets any darker, uh, my next thing that I really miss is Kitchen Cabaret. I don't know how would you describe it leslie it was like a musical theater show a cabaret show but featuring food audio animatronics and they you know this was at the land pavilion um and they just told you to the value that they sang to you excuse me the value of eating your fruits and vegetables
1: I simply have to tell you that my friends who are singing are
0: I just remember uh, one completely wanting to ignore everything they told me but two respecting their commitment to the game of singing about you know veggie, veggie fruit fruit.
1: Totally. I loved kitchen cabarets. So if you're mad, I got body words. I'm mad that you got kitchen cabaret because it was definitely one of the highlights when I was a kid and we watched it many, many times. And there were different iterations, if I remember correctly. So I'll have to go back and and look at the Yesterland archive of that one. And and I don't think it was exactly the same show um, over the course of its history while it played, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, and out of everything on our list, this closed the earliest. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, Horizons closed in January of 1999, which was the second earliest of the things that are on our list. But Kitchen Cabaret closed in January of 1994. So, you know, we saw that. Really, in our formative years, Leslie, but I guess it didn't work because I still do not do a good job with the vegetables.
1: (laughs) Not so much either, but I will let folks know if you loved Kitchen Cabaret, it still kind of lives on. In a copycat attraction at a theme park near me, um, Gilroy Gardens, a really small local theme park in um, Gilroy, California, that's just south of San Jose, has audio animatronic vegetables in a variety show on one of their stages. I mean, it's clearly a ripoff of Kitchen Cabaret, but I mean, I guess it's all like, fair in love and theme parks because Gilroy Gardens is a park themed around agriculture, so it fits the, the big homegrown vegetable in Gilroy is, I don't know if it's a vegetable or a spice, it's garlic. So (laughs) it makes sense that they have a variety of different vegetables and fruits in their theme park. So anyway, the first time I saw it, I was like, I can't believe it. Kitchen Cabaret is here all the time.
0: Reincarnated. Totally. The other thing I wonder about Kitchen Cabaret is if I recall, like it was focused on the four food groups or whatever. And these days, although my kids will probably learn it in hell soon and I'll get caught up, but I'm not sure. Do we have four food groups? Like, what's the food group situation?
1: I don't we have know. that random
0: pyramid thing, you know, it's all confusing. <laughs> so maybe it wouldn't play these days uh, anyway. So, you know, RIP Kitchen Cabaret, um, thanks for teaching me the four food groups when I was a kid or the four food groups that existed when I was a kid. All right, finish us off with your last memory, Leslie, or excuse me, with your last thing that you miss.
1: Alright, last thing that I miss, of course, is the weirdness that was Maelstrom. The ride in Norway before it was replaced by Frozen Ever After. There are those who see Norway's spirit veil in a land of forests and mystery, where trolls still travel the water's edge. You know, a lot of the things that. I love about the ride, still live on. You know, the the ride track is still the same in Frozen Ever After. You're in this Viking ship and um, it goes forwards and backwards. And so you still have that core element um, that's there. But the ride itself, when it was Maelstrom, was just everything that was weird Epcot, right? You have the fairy tale history of Norway. You have trolls and all of that and part of the ride. But then you have Norway, um, modern Norway, sort of wanting to sell itself with... you know its oil rigs and its um, you know modern way of life. I mean this was there was a great episode of the Disney Dish podcast within the last couple of months where they talk about Maelstrom and the the dance that was done with the Norway tourism industry as part of getting that made and making people happy so it was really fascinating. But yeah Maelstrom was just a great ride because it blended all these things together and then it ended with a forced video. You got off the ride, had to go into a theater and watch a five-minute promotional video of Norway, which was fine the first time. It was educational, but if you were like me and rode the attraction, you know, dozens of times, you know, multiple times in a single trip, you didn't always want to watch the video and it wasn't, you weren't necessarily able to escape from it.
0: They need that back, though. You know, I haven't once ridden Frozen Ever After and thought to myself, I need to go visit Norway. So um, maybe <laughs> maybe they need to re-up their tourism budget there. Yeah, You know, the funny thing about Maelstrom is in my head, I remember it being a super short ride, but I never feel that way with Frozen Ever After. So I don't know if that was just like my childhood memory playing tricks with me or whatever. But I always, in my mind, thought of Maelstrom as a super short ride. But, you know, Frozen Ever After is... You Know of decent length, so
1: for sure, for sure,
0: don't miss it as much as you do. Okay, so <laughs> my final thing is uh, not an attraction, and I guess shout out to Captain EO. You know, I know Epcot fans really love that, but that's not going to make our list. Sorry, um, that was the Michael Jackson 3D show. I, I thought it was fine, but it, it just it never, you know, and also shout out, I do miss the original imagination, but I felt like that is. An attraction that like everyone who loves Epcot says they missed. So, you know, we'll give honorable mention to those two. But the last thing that I really miss is I liked Illuminations. I enjoyed Illuminations. And um, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I enjoy nighttime spectaculars, but people were like genuinely tearing up during the Beacons of Light celebration last week when they played We Go On, which is the last song uh, in Illuminations, and I like that song. But the song that I really miss, and I want to give a shout out to, is called Promise, and that is the song that they play after Illuminations is over. You know, if you can imagine Leslie, when Illuminations is over, they light all the torches around the World Showcase, and they're playing this song, Promise, um, as people are walking out. And I really do miss that. I, you know, I thought that was a nice that that was really nice walkout music for Epcot. Uh, really always felt like it ended the day nicely um, to be hearing that so i really miss that music and illuminations of course just closed in september of 2019 and has been replaced by harmonious um permanently (laughs) question mark we'll get to that
1: semi-permanently of course so well yeah i don't i don't really remember um much about illuminations i just didn't watch nighttime spectaculars (laughs) but but music really does loom large i think in a lot of people's memories of epcot i mean certain songs and you know hearing them today they definitely are of an era and you know like we said that 1980s fabulousness that we all love about epcot
0: yeah and i am not as upset about the ip coming in as others are um Especially, you know, even with harmonious music from Disney films that always stirs up certain emotions in people. But I will say that original music that was made for Disney Spectaculars or even things like um, some of the Streetmosphere or the shows that are in the Disney parks, that has always been really excellent and i do hope that as disney moves into this continues to move into this ip future that we don't lose out on these original songs that disney has used whether it be we go on or happily ever after the magic is calling song you know those those are all great songs and so hopefully disney still is writing original music that isn't from their movies but we'll see how that goes all right so let's move on to two personal memories that we have at Epcot. Why don't you kick us off, Leslie?
1: All right. Well, I'll start with a silly. And one of the best memories I have in Epcot is at the Mexico Pavilion. I think everybody has seen the giant sombreros that are in the store that's right outside the Mexico Pavilion right along the waterfront there. And every kid goes over and tries on the ridiculously large sombrero. And I, of course, did it with my cousins when I was a little kid. And my kids have done it with, you know, the two of them together. And I wonder how long those sombreros have been there. But probably since 1982, if not long after. And just a great place for some cute photos and some cute kid silliness. Epcot's one of those places I love going back to and experiencing the same things with my kids that I did as a child. So... Those sombreros kind of stand out to me, as does the troll in Norway um, as well, the giant troll in the gift shop in Norway. So that's definitely a happy memory for me. What about you, Joe?
0: Excellent. Uh, My first memory is actually pretty recent from four or five years ago. I was down for a you know, teaching professional development conference with maybe 10 of my coworkers, And I convinced my boss, um, like we were using a grant to go down there, and I convinced him to use some of that grant money to get us after 5 p.m. tickets for Epcot for um, team bonding or whatever. And it was a great night overall, but I think my favorite moment, and I guess this isn't Epcot specific, but it's a memory that I have at Epcot, is that I got everyone a fast pass, Ah, which is what that was at the time. But we all got fast passes onto Soren and we, you know, we took up an entire row uh to ourselves and just my coworkers' reactions, you know, who had most of them had never been to Disney World, most of them will probably never go again. Their reactions to the Disney magic of uh you know, and Soren is just such a wonderful attraction. I think they, they just had no idea what they were walking themselves into and to go on an attraction like that, they were all walked off super impressed, and so that is one of my fondest memories uh, that I've had at Epcot. Just getting to share that with them was really cool.
1: You know, one thing we forget because we do go to Disney parks so often is really how innovative the rides are. I mean, for a lot of people, their only experience with a theme park is, you know, with the -the out-of-the-box attractions that you'd find at like a regional or a local theme park, very cookie cutter, that either it's a roller coaster or it's kind of one of those ones that make you vomit. And then when you see something like, Soren, you realize that uh, next level is possible. So that's a really cool, really cool memory, Joe.
0: It was really cool. And then the other memory that from that trip that I always laugh about, Leslie, is if you can imagine 10 educators from public schools in Boston, mostly left-leaning, riding Spaceship Earth and some of the comments they had after that attraction (laughs) on which version of history was being told. It was pretty funny.
1: It's, uh, uh... yeah, like mystery science theater, but... (laughs) Yeah, I, awesome
0: yeah someone someone was like so black people didn't exist until the 70s it's always a <laughs> comment that i, I laughed at and I, you know of course he- hello there's egypt at the beginning but yeah i mean it, it's pretty funny to. uh it was a pretty funny experience and you know we had been drinking as well so it was a lot of fun
1: of course of course All right, well, my second memory is um, not quite as silly. It's just a little more special to me. You know, I don't remember exactly what trip this happened on or exactly how old I was. But um, I've said before, you know, World Showcase really left a deep impression on me, made me want to travel, inspired me to travel. So I remember looking at World Showcase, and it was probably one of the first times I had seen it, and and seeing all the countries and and gazing across the water and seeing all the pavilions and making a promise to myself that i'm going to go to all of those places someday and i'm not quite there yet but i'm close but you know i did go on several of my earliest disney world trips with my grandparents my my mom's parents and they were huge world travelers you know which is really unusual for their era and their time and, and from where they were from i mean they were from Montgomery, Alabama, this is not sort of a, a place where people are necessarily, you know, motivated in the sixties and seventies to go beyond the borders of America. And and they and they did. And and my grandfather had a map um in his office where he would put little pushpins in um of all the trips that he had been around the world. And and so, you know, I remember that map um so vividly from my childhood and and, you know, going to then a place like World Showcase and seeing those countries start to come alive from the map and and wanting to to do exactly what he had done um, really has a huge impact on me. And it's really shaped the course of my life and, um, you know, a very meandering way uh, getting to where I, where I am now. But travel has always been, you know, a common thread throughout my life. And now I've made it my living as well. So very, very grateful for that. So I can say that World Showcase certainly has played a part in planting that seed.
0: Definitely should not have elected to go last on this one, <laughs> I appreciate I mean, that's, that's a very um, profound and meaningful story. I mean, my last memory is just of myself and my wife. Uh, we were there with our kids, but my parents were there as well. So we spent one night in Epcot, and this was a while ago, so interventions still existed. The buildings on the side of Epcot, they look like kind of like kidneys, On either side of the center of epcot of future world or what used to be called future world and in interventions there was an attraction called the sum of all thrills where you could design your own roller coaster and then go into one of those it's not a vr pod but like a no what maybe it was vr but i i just can't remember exactly what it was but i just remember my wife and i having i think this is this is before I started going insane with Disney in her mind, so it was a very pure and non uh, non conflict Disney moment for my wife and I, and so that was a lot of fun. And again, it was very similar to Soren. I mean, yeah, I know those VR things um, exist all over the place, but um, for my wife and myself, who hadn't been back to Disney for a while, you know, this was, that was our first time back, um, and we had gone back because we had kids. It was just this is what Disney can do. Sponsored by Raytheon, but this is what Disney can do. And uh, this is the fun that you can have. And we had a really great night at Epcot, but I especially remember some of all thrills because it was closed pretty soon thereafter. And so I I could never go back with her again. So um, that was a lot of fun. All right. Well, we want to thank Disney and Epcot for 40 years of memories. I mean, I guess not quite 40 years of memories for you and myself, Leslie, since we didn't get there in 1982. But uh, it has been fun hearing people celebrate epcot and the last 40 years but we want to close this episode by looking forward to some things that may be coming to epcot in the future so we'll close each with one thing that we're looking forward to so leslie what are you looking forward to epcot in the near future
1: I'm just looking forward to the walls being gone. It's been really sad to see Epcot in the state that it's been in the last several years and sort of seeing things being retired and not really being replaced. So you know, I know we're not getting fully the transformation of Epcot that we uh, were promised pre-pandemic, but we are getting lots of new things. I'm I'm just looking forward to the park being whole again and being able to walk where I want to walk and not see. Terrible sight lines of big, you know, gray walls and things like that. So, I I guess I don't ask for much, Joe.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be great to have enough space to not be elbow to elbow just walking with people. Like, that's another thing that all these construction walls have created. They've created very tight walkways, which Epcot usually doesn't have because there's so much space at Epcot. So, I totally hear that. For me, uh, what I'm looking forward to, you know, I don't mind. Harmonious. I mean, I, I like Harmonious. I just don't think it's worth the barges. I'm looking forward to seeing what they end up doing with that since they announced that they're going to do something new at Epcot. I don't know if that means the barges are going to go or not go. You were talking about how at Disneyland Paris they're using drones. There's just like a lot of exciting rumors out there. Um, and so if harmonious is going to go i'm really excited to see what they can bring in its place we probably won't see it for a couple years but i think that'll be pretty awesome to see something new um and a corollary is i'm very excited to hear if they get rid of the barges like what are they going to do with them sink them in the ocean (laughs) uh leave them you know in the swamp somewhere so people can see you know there's a lot of options so what are you going to do with those barges disney we'll find out
1: fair question all right, Joe. Well, let's close out this episode of Epcot 40 with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us?
0: Yeah, so I think my Disney do is if you have found yourself becoming more and more of a Disney fan, and if you have here at the end of this episode, you probably are more of a Disney fan just because, you know, we're not talking about planning like we normally would, but Epcot doesn't turn 40 every day. Uh, do go back and find YouTube videos or look up, you know, Disney Tourist Blog has a nice History of Epcot and other websites do as well. Look at Epcot in the past and just see what things are like. I think if you do that, you'll see just how cutting edge, like you said, Leslie, how cutting edge Disney attractions are and how cutting edge they were in the 80s and 90s. But you'll also probably see and appreciate why Epcot had to move on. Now, I totally believe that they probably could have kept the same mission and just updated the technology and updated the references, but you know, Disney has gone in the direction that they're going in. So we can't do anything about that, but do take a look at the history and appreciate uh, where Epcot has come from.
1: Totally agree. All
0: right. Well, what are your favorite memories of Epcot? Let us know Disney deciphered at gmail.com at WW deciphered on Twitter or on Facebook and Instagram, Disney deciphered. We know we've not gotten to mention a ton of things like the, uh, gigantic. Oh, what were those? What were those tomb things called <laughs> in front of spaceship earth? They're not tombs, but like those, uh, where people's names were etched in or pictures oh, were etched goodness.
1: in. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the, those things, those gigantic stone tablets, which exist on Disney property somewhere, still various attractions, updates, all that stuff. Uh, you know, so there's t- plenty of stuff we missed at Epcot. Let us know what we missed and what you missed. DisneyDeciphered at deciphered on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered thank you so much everyone for listening thank you again epcot for 40 years of fun and other than that leslie thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and i'll see you sadly watching grainy youtube videos
1: thanks joe in fact the heart of everything we'll be doing disney world will be our experimental prototype city of
0: tomorrow we call it epcot